One afternoon, a big wolf waited in the dark forest for a little girl to come along carrying a basket of food to her grandmother. Finally, a little girl did come along, and she was carrying a basket of food. "Are you carrying that basket to your grandmother?" asked the wolf. The little girl said, "Yes, she was." So the wolf asked her where her grandmother lived, and the little girl told him, and he disappeared into the woods. When the little girl opened the door of her grandmother's house, she saw there was somebody in bed with a nightcap and nightgown on. She had approached no nearer than twenty-five feet from the bed when she saw that it was not her grandmother but the wolf. For even in a nightcap, a wolf does not look any more like your grandmother than the Metro-Goldwyn-Lyon looks like Calvin Coolidge. So the little girl took an automatic out of her basket and shot the wolf dead. Moral: It is not so easy to fool little girls nowadays as it used to be. This is one of many James Thurber stories, especially fables that convey the zaniness of life, but also contain bits of wisdom. A writer for the New Yorker and most famous for writing *The Secret Life of Walter Mitty*, Thurber was a beloved cartoonist and thinker who never shied away from using an ancient idea, generally viewed as obscure, the big bad wolf or a unicorn, for example, to make a point about the everyday common culture. Take this story about a challenging marriage. A man sees a unicorn in the garden and goes to tell his wife. There's no such thing as unicorns, his wife tells him. You're a booby, and I'm going to have you sent to the booby hatch. The man goes back to the backyard and feeds the unicorn, which then leaves. When he comes back, the wife tells him a psychiatrist is on his way. When the psychiatrist arrives, he asks the man, "Did you see a unicorn in your garden?" "No, sir," the man tells him. "The unicorn is a mythical creature." "That's all I wanted to know," the psychiatrist says, and orders that the wife be taken away. "Your wife is as crazy as a jaybird." The husband lived happily ever after. The moral of the story. Don't count your boobies until they are hatched. Thurber could simply and profoundly make powerful points. One of my favorite quotes of his is about love. Love, Thurber says, is what you've been through with somebody. This quote landed strongly for me as one who had thought of love as an idealistic future to be chased and pulled down. No, love is something about a shared experience with someone, and that then grows up. Yes, love is romantic. Yes, love is mutual support. Yes, love is deep and profound intimacy. But at its heart, it's what you go through with another, the journey you share. One person doesn't own it in a relationship, and in fact, the more one pulls away from the other, often the less sharing and love there is. But in the heart of it, the arguments of it, the fun of it, and yes, even the moments of misery in it, not one of these is love alone. Love is the all of it. Another favorite Thurber quote of mine. There are two kinds of light: the glow that illuminates and the glare that obscures. This was an especially interesting quote from Thurber, who had problems with his vision. For me, the glow that illuminates is the light that helps us to see. It guides us, informs us, and especially if we're looking, reveals to us greater truths about ourselves and of life. The glare that obscures, to me, represents the way we think we know. It's when we try to project our own knowledge on others and situations, not from our experience, but our self-aggrandized and helplessly limited way of seeing the world. I remember managing a restaurant and distributing the tips to the waiters and cooks at the end of the day. A new line cook was missing, and I went to find her. Several of the cooks didn't speak or spoke little English, and wanting to come off as extra friendly, I said, "Come see me for your tips when you are done. I'll be in my office." Okay, I'll see you there," she said with her eyebrows raised. Bad light doesn't illuminate the dark; it just covers it up more. My favorite Thurber story is about a little moth. 
A young and impressionable moth once set his heart on a certain star. He told his mother about this, and she counseled him to set his heart on a bridge lamp instead. Stars aren't the thing to hang around, she said. Lamps are things to hang around. You get somewhere that way, said the moth's father. You don't get anywhere chasing stars. But the moth would not heed the words of either parent. Every evening at dusk when the star came out, he would start flying towards it, and every morning at dawn he would crawl back home, worn out with his vain endeavor. One day his father said to him, You haven't burned a wing in months, boy, and it looks to me as if you're never going to. All your brothers have been badly burned flying around street lamps, and all your sisters have been terribly singed flying around house lamps. Come on now, get out of here and get yourself scorched. A big strapping moth like you without a mark on him. The moth left his father's house, but he would not fly around street lamps, and he would not fly around house lamps. He went right on trying to reach the star, which was four and one-third light years away, or twenty-five trillion miles away. The moth thought it was just caught in the top branches of an elm. He never did reach the star, but he went right on trying. Night after night, and when he was a very, very old moth, he began to think that he really had reached the star, and he went around saying so. This gave him a deep and lasting pleasure, and he lived to a great old age. His parents and his brothers and his sisters had all been burned to death when they were quite young. Moral, who flies afar from the sphere of our sorrow is here today and here tomorrow. There's a lot in this story. First, moths can be dumb, and perhaps we can be too in our own way. Insert whatever your lamppost light is in your life. The little moth reached for the star and then realized it was the reaching that was important. I think this is what Louisa May Alcott meant when she said, Far away there in the sunshine are my highest aspirations. I may not reach them, but I can look up and see their beauty, believe in them, and try to follow where they lead. The star we reach for is our guide. But for most of us, it is not really the goal. The real goal is what grows up in the following. It is what happens in the reaching. If we get too attached to the star, we'll miss it and live in that glare that obscures. But if we diligently keep going, we'll realize the star belongs right where it is, in its rightful place in the cosmos, a divine, perfect pattern in the universe, just like us. <laughs>